Let us be attentive. O oh, oh Lord, how magnificent are your works. You have made all things in wisdom. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, be watchful. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous and strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now, brethren, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the servants of the saints. I urge you to be subject to such men and to every fellow worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicos, because they have made up for your absence, for they have refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such men. In the churches of Asia send greetings. Aquila and Prisha, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All brethren send greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord has come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Peace be with you, the reader. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Let us be attentive. The Lord said this parable. There was a householder who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to tenants and went into another country. When the season of fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Afterward he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir, come, let us kill him, and have his inheritance. And they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures 
the very stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. This was the Lord's doing, and it was marvelous in our eyes. Peace be to you, proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. This past Friday, we celebrated the new year of the church, the ecclesiastical new year. And this past week, a lot of kids have already begun school, whether it be elementary school, middle school, high school, college. It's a time of transition um, in one's life. Um, transition where you have kids who are starting school, kids who are entering a different school, kids who are going into college and being away from home for the first time, and others who have graduated and now are entering into the job market for maybe the, the first time. And it's a time that I remember when I was a kid, I remember when we were parents and had kids in those ages. And the excitement that it generated with getting new clothes and new backpacks and going and meeting your teacher for the first time and wondering who were your classmates or in college who were going to be your roommates. It was also, though, a time of anxiety and apprehension and worry because as a parent, you were wondering if you were sending your kids away to college, how would they navigate the college environment? And if you were going into a new high school or for the first time high school, what was it going to be like interacting in that environment? And I think it was a lot easier in my day than it is today. The world has changed, it's become more violent, we have crazies who want to target the schools. We worry about the safety within schools. We look at what's being taught in schools and how far that is away from what our Orthodox Church teaches us. So we have those worries, those concerns. How do we deal with them? How do we ease our anxiety? How do we navigate amongst people who may not have a belief in God, who may have different beliefs in God, who overall may hate God. You may not have heard, if you were late, if you weren't paying attention, but in today's epistle, Paul gives us some strong guidance as to how we navigate things. And in that epistle to the Corinthians, he was speaking to a group of people who were not really following what he had taught them. It was a culture that was probably very, very similar to our current culture. 
And yet Paul loved his community dearly. And what we read in today's epistle was the tail end of that first book of the Corinthians. And it's set up in a way as any letter where Paul first addresses his community. He gives thanks for them. He gives them the message and then he concludes. And as in any letter, we conclude with what we really want that community or those people or our friends to know. So what did he say? He started off by saying, be watchful. Be watchful, be alert, be attentive. For those kids who are in school, and if we remember back to our school days, there were times where we paid attention in class. We didn't goof around. It's time to learn what we need to learn, whether it's arithmetic, whether it's math, whether it's reading, whether it's writing. It's a way to gain a foundation, a foundation that we carry along that then leads to us entering into the career of our choosing. But if we aren't watchful, if we aren't attentive to what we are learning, we don't acquire the skills to do what we need to do later in life. And the same thing applies to our faith. We may have gotten a faith from the beginning of our lives, something our grandparents or parents instilled in us. But unless we're watchful and attentive to that faith and growing in that faith by what we read, the scriptures, the lives of the saints, attending the services, taking part in the sacraments, that faith is not going to be growing and it's not going to be there when we need to rely upon it the most. What's the second thing that he said? Stand firm in your faith. So once you have the foundation, you need to maintain that foundation. And the world is going to challenge that foundation. Why do you believe what you believe? Can we answer? If you're in school and you do your cross, your fellow students are gonna look at you and wonder what that is all about. Because if you look around, very few people make their cross in public anymore. How will you answer? If you fast and you don't eat certain foods, or you fast during great Lent, and you're at work or you're at school, most of the world doesn't fast. So how do you explain that? How will you feel when somebody questions you on it? You need to rely upon that foundation that you created and you need to be willing to speak up for your faith and for Christ when you're called upon. What were the third and fourth things that he said in that epistle? Have courage, be strong. Life with Christ as we saw or heard in the gospel today, is not easy. It's something that is gonna be a struggle, whether it's internal, whether it's external. You're gonna be rejected. You're gonna turn people off. You're gonna lose friends. You may lose family. In today's world, especially with the kids are drawn away with so many other activities, how easy it is to get caught up in sports, in dance, in music. 
And I remember very well with our kids because we wanted them to participate in those things. But we made a point to them that Sundays were to be in church. And we went to the coaches right from the beginning and said they won't participate on Sundays unless it's absolutely essential because of a tournament or something. They won't let down their team, but they won't do it unless it's essential. And I remember many times leaving this parish after liturgy and taking my youngest son to one of his hockey games. And there he is marching in the church or marching into the ice rink. He's got his tie on, he's got his dress shirt on, his dress pants, his dark socks, his dress shoes, because he was just serving in the altar. And he marches into the locker room where kids are dressed in sweats and shorts and who knows what. And they all look at him and they all wondered what was wrong or what was going on with this kid. And yet he had no problem getting dressed, putting his skates on with his church socks and going out on the ice and doing what he needed to do. Well, by golly, by the end of the season, because the team was doing so well, they all wondered when Stephen came on Sunday if he was wearing his church socks. And the other thing is they wanted to make certain, and this was through the coaches, that Stephen led the team in prayer before they went out on the ice. So sometimes we may be afraid of the impact that we're going to have, whether it's on other kids, whether it's on coaches, whether it's on teachers. But when you make a stand for something and you're consistent and your kids are consistent, the world looks at that and they don't disregard it. It makes an impact on them. But it takes courage and it means that you have to trust in God to be able to do that. There's other things that come up in life, illnesses, financial hardships, loss of jobs, addictions, drugs, alcoholism. It takes courage to look at that and say, I don't want to be controlled by it. I'm putting my trust in you, God. Lead me in the way that I can get away from these things. Give me the strength that I can be strong and turn my life around. Lastly, what does Paul say? In everything that you do, do it in love. So no matter what the circumstance is, never forget to love your fellow human being. You may not agree with them. They may not agree with you. You may see things totally in a different way, but you can still love them because Christ loves them. You can still encourage them. You can still be supportive of them. And one story that I remember that I never thought about at the time, but when I was doing my medical training, I would spend endless hours in the clinic and I would do research and I would be copying things and I would be there to the wee hours of the morning. And when I was doing that, there was always a janitor who came through 
and I would take time to talk to him, and he would take time to talk to me about what I was doing, what my life was like, and we got to know one another. I graduated, I went off, I did my fellowship, I started in practice. Years later, I was invited back to give a talk at Mayo. And when I came for the talk, the first person who greeted me outside those doors was that janitor. He saw my name posted and he wanted to come and thank me for recognizing him as a person. There are many moments in our lives where we have similar interactions and we don't really know the impact that it has on their life, on our lives. But if we love people, if we care for them, if we show concern for them, again, we can have an impact on them, on their families, and the direction that their lives go. Because they do impact people, even though sometimes we don't think so. This time in the calendar year is one full of change. Changes in many ways for parents, for kids, for people entering the job market, for transitions to new jobs. It's a time of uncertainty. It's a time where we think it might be okay, but we really don't know. But what we need to remember and we need to rely upon is our faith. We need to realize that God, in everything that he does, does it for our good. And whether it seems right or wrong or in between to us, he will use it for our good if we allow him to do so. May this year in school and work at home be one of great joy for all of us. I wish the kids only the best in their studies and what they want to pursue in their lives. And may it all come true for them. Amen.